0: Friday and you know what that means you're listening to TNT in the mornings on Weagle 91.1
1: FM. I'm your host Harrison Tarr and I'm Thomas Lynn Murphy. Lock in and join us in talking all things sports from the plains and around the SEC every Friday at 11 a.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM.
0: Welcome to a new week on TNT in the morning. Today we'll talk about Auburn volleyball's continual perfection discuss soccer's impressive match against FSU and get ready for a whiteout in Happy Valley. You're locked in right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Get ready for TNC in the morning. Good morning, Thomas Lynn Murphy. How's it going, bro? I am just hyped to be here. Same here we got getting hyped up listen to tnt by acdc <laughs> right before the show we were we are in the mood it is time to go it i think that's our new routine right there here in auburn alabama it's actually game week in happy valley and state college and penn state but you know what i'm saying
1: it's the game everybody's been looking to for years marked I, it on the calendar for years now
0: i can't wait to get there but we're got, we got to talk about some other stuff first first things first it's friday morning 11 a.m you're listening to tnt in the morning i'm your host harrison tar joined by my favorite co-host and my only co-host, Thomas Lynn Murphy. (laughs) Thank you for being here, T.L. Thank you for writing the rundown. We charged T.L. with the rundown today, so if you love the show, I wrote it. If you hate it, Thomas Lynn wrote it.
1: Yeah, all Um, blame goes on my shoulders.
0: All blame goes on Thomas Lynn's shoulders. It is Friday, September 17th, 11 a.m. It's an overcast day here in Auburn, Alabama. Coming to you live from our station here in the Student Center on campus, and we're ready to talk some Auburn athletics. I think we should start off. With soccer, um, the perfection is no more. The streak is over. However, there is no reason for Auburn fans to hang their heads. A 2-1 loss to number one and arguably the best best program of the past half decade, uh, the Florida State Seminoles. That's an impressive loss, Thomas Lynn. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a homer here, but you, you do sometimes have to look and say, you know what, a 2-1 uh, match against a program that is unanimously number one in the country. Auburn is playing good soccer right
1: now no they're playing really well and that's two to one loss against florida state does it's not as bad of a loss as you think because within the first 30 seconds of the game florida state scored a goal and then after that the team regrouped we actually got down i think two to nothing at one point and then we finally scored a goal and then we just we just couldn't get another one in there but after that first goal by florida state uh, the team regrouped and they fought their hearts out.
0: All the props to Karen Hoppa's squad, and they've got. I mean, it's not like the schedule is going to get tougher than that. It doesn't get harder than that. They're gearing up, getting ready for SEC play soon, right? Thomas Lynn? do you have the schedule in front of you?
1: Yeah, they open up against uh Georgia, this Georgia weekend. tonight,
0: six thirty. Yep, here or is it in Athens? Um,
1: sh- it's here. It's, it's here. That's yep. what I
0: thought. at the At the Auburn Soccer Complex. So Auburn students, if you're not making that trek to Happy Valley, like Thomas Lynn is, he's actually. Uh, currently got his suitcase with him right now, ready to go hop on the plane. Uh, but not—that's a bit of an exaggeration, not really. But if you're not heading out to Happy Valley, go check out the women's soccer team tonight. They're playing just awesome soccer. If you're not a fan of soccer yet, you definitely could become one quite quickly. That fan—that—that that
1: fan base gets rowdy at those games, dude. They're loud. Oh yeah, she's building a a soccer dynasty over there. So need to need to go Uh-oh. check her out. Uh oh, did we just use the dynasty word? Do- soccer dynasty, dynasty at all question mark. We'll see about it. I think we're getting a little,
0: we're getting a little more rowdy than usual on t- <laughs> TNT in the morning this week. Um, also, do want to apologize to our listeners. I totally messed up the intro. Um, I definitely forgot to turn it on, so you had an awkward two seconds of silence. But you get the gist of it. You're rolling with TNT in the morning, and you know who else is rolling? You want to guess?
1: Auburn volleyball. Auburn volleyball still six zero now. They, they, no longer sweeping every match, every set. No, they had a they had a tough one uh, this past week and. Lost two sets, but pulled it out and got the, the win in the fifth set and got another win.
0: Hey, a W is a W at the end of the day. So there's there's that uh, exciting news. They're hosting a tournament this weekend. What's the name of the tournament this weekend? Is it just the Auburn Invitational?
1: Uh, Something like that. Auburn plays uh, two games today. Uh, they open up against Florida A&M at Auburn Arena at 1230, and then they play later tonight against Nichols at 8 o'clock. And then tomorrow, Saturday, they play Belmont at 130.
0: Exciting lineup for sure. Looks very promising for Coach Crouch. I mean, he's looking to continue. I guess Auburn could get, I I shouldn't say I guess, excuse me, but it sounds like, if I'm looking at this correctly, Auburn could get out of this weekend 9-0. Yeah, they can get three
1: wins this weekend. So,
0: come out of this weekend 9-0, that'd be pretty huge for the Tigers for
1: sure. This is the last three matchups, too, right before they head into SEC play, so it'd be really good to start off 9-0. Get the ball rolling. And their first SEC matchup is also against uh, unranked and atop the SEC, Ole Miss. So very nice. And that that will be at Auburn Arena next Wednesday. Very nice. O'clock. Bella Rosenthal's
0: names uh, was named SEC Defensive Player of the Week, which is um, awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, Bella's playing incredible volleyball right now. Uh, An other Auburn athletics news. Um, quick question for you, unscripted TL. We're a little ahead of schedule. We'll be fine. It'll be okay. <laughs> um, I have a conspiracy theory that Sunny Lee doesn't actually go to Auburn.
1: She does. Well, she she's in los angeles right now because she's preparing Her for dancing, dancing with, with the, the stars, stars yes. and, 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 and i'm saying this satirically taking <laughs> online classes right while she's doing I, that. i'm
0: sure she is i, I really am i i that, that that's just a running joke here with <laughs> auburn students m- just like this is the year and we're going to get to that later today we're going to talk about this, this is the, the year. year and for any of our listeners that were that checked us out this morning on at tnt and the am on twitter i thought i had a pretty clever plug I, I liked it i liked it thank you but um Suni lee is actually for those of you that don't know um Training for Dancing with the Stars, which is objectively awesome. I can't. I've never. I haven't watched Dancing with the Stars since Heinz Ward, Ward was on it, in like 2014 or something.
1: I used to watch it like as a kid growing up with my parents, but I'm gonna I, watch this. I, I haven't watched it in years either, and just like uh, the Bachelor when I was, about to was that, on, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of got the same feel to it. So like, I'm gonna tune in because Auburn's
0: well, and soon he's gonna win.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean,
0: she's already gotten one gold this year. Why not make another? You yeah. uh, know, one gold that was the understatement of under to trump
1: all understatements
0: but very cool opportunity for suny lee she was at the met gala gala Gala. how do you say that
1: i i don't every time i say it i get uh, corrected but yeah yeah, she was there she had a like all gold dress to resemble her gold medal medal? i thought that was cool i thought the dress was beautiful
0: um so suny looks like she's having a lot of fun she's representing auburn very well oh yeah um if you're an auburn fan and you've not taken a look at gymnastics season tickets, they sold out like within a matter of minutes. Oh, I bet. They did, actually. Uh, Auburn students, it's going to become like an Auburn basketball game to line up for, which is awesome for our girls. Make sure you're packing that stadium this year. Um, hopefully, we'll get an opportunity to catch up with maybe Coach Crouch later on in the term. That's that's a goal of ours, um, along with a couple of other cool things we have in store for our favorite listeners of uh, Weagle 91.1, your favorite radio station. All right, let's slide over it's time to talk about Auburn versus Alabama State. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What a tease that was. That was such a tease. That was such a I, – I apologize on behalf of – I don't apologize. I apologize for absolutely nothing. Call me Conor McGregor. That was him, right? I'm not making that up. It was Conor McGregor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great win for Auburn in the second half last week. First half was absolutely abysmal. I told you we were going to get an interception. I was totally wrong about Smoke Monday.
1: You are right. Yeah, we got it. we got to pick and took it to the house. Actually,
0: I, I, I Auburn needed to get an interception, um, and or a forced fumble or some form of that nature. I want to go ahead and say this. Um, you, I know we have it put down for players of the game. Am I allowed to like make a like a skill group a player of the game? Is that okay?
1: Yeah, that's fine. I mean Auburn does that anyway. They have offense player of the game, defense player of the game. Or are you saying, like, offensive line? Like a unit. Like a unit. Like can a I make unit? A, is that okay? Can, a I, break, unit? can I break the ru- rules? Yeah. And just say break this, the rules. Go
0: for it. Special teams. Hey, Auburn they were, they recorded special touchdown. teams. Blocked field goal. Blocked punt. hmm I loved it. And, and, and it. and it's awesome because Harson's approach this year, um, if you're an Auburn fan, it's so fun to see. Put your skill players out there for, for your special teams. And that was so fun to see and so promising to see against an FCS opponent where you hang 62 points. Uh, which was obviously a blowout win for Auburn. Um, for anyone watching, um, I guess I should have mentioned that at the top of the top of the note. Auburn beat trampled as the right word. Alabama State sixty-two to zero um, should have been probably thirteen to seven heading thirteen to three heading into halftime.
1: Uh, I I think we should have probably scored both those touchdowns to start the game. I honestly don't think Auburn looked as bad as everybody says they did in the first quarter. They looked
0: flat in the first quarter, but the
1: second quarter and on was fine because. We had the wide open touchdown to Kayla Newton, got dropped, and then we yeah. ended up having to kick a field goal that possession. Um, we had a, I think this might have been that same possession, but we had a long run by Tank Bixby, got down to like the one or two yard line, got called back for holding, which we had to clean up the penalties. Brian Harson has addressed that. And then the second possession, we get down there, we get to the one yard line. We're going forward on fourth and one. The Auburn fans and student sections going crazy and Bo Nix is trying to tell the crowd to be quiet, and as he's doing so, we get a delay of game, and then pushes us back to the 6 and have to kick a field goal. Yeah,
0: that was an interesting um, an interesting moment. Telling the fans to get quiet and they got louder <laughs> was funny. Um, it, it, and and th- that situation is not going to hurt you. And then most of the time, a rowdy home crowd is going to help you regardless. It's okay. I mean, you don't want to be loud while your team's on offense, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's not the end of the world because you're supporting them. Uh, it's not like you're trying to make it to where they can't hear. But uh, that was an interesting – it was funny for sure. So I'm going to make my key player of the game I'm, – I'm sorry for being weird, but, like, I am I just want to make it special teams. We'll because special teams. I think that – special teams is a unit.
1: I know we'll get to talking about this later in Penn State, but I do feel like the special teams might play the biggest role in the game traveling to Happy Valley. When so. you've
0: got when, – when the conversation like it is with, with Happy Valley comes around, Offenses and defenses and who's going to outshine it the other. It really could come down to who, who special teams makes a big play. That, that, this is one of those games that could happen. And we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get to Penn State later. But I, that's why I do want to name Auburn special teams don't get enough credit. Special teams in football don't get enough credit in the first place.
1: Auburn special teams is my player of the game. If I'm not mistaking, we talked about our potential players of the game or impact players of the game for this one. Yeah, and, I know. Here you go. And, and I named uh, Jarquez Hunter. Here you go. As the player of the game. And, well. Boosting the the man you know. broke the all-time Auburn record for a single rush yards for a touchdown and 94-yard rushing touchdown in the third quarter. So without a doubt, he gets my player of the game. He's he's averaging 18 yards of carry already to start the season, and <clears throat> with Sean Shivers out, and it looks like he might be out for the Penn State game. He just tweeted out earlier today that. Just can't catch a break, That's what he tweeted out. So Not promising if you're an Auburn fan. It's not promising. Brian Harsin said he's day-to-day, but after that tweet, I, he could be ran- uh, refer- referencing something completely different, but it doesn't sound good. But Or it's, it's just nice mind to, games. It could be mind, mind games. It's a, it is nice to know that we have a one-two punch with Jarquist Hunter, and when Sean Shivers gets back, we have a one-two and three. Right. The running back room is deep this year.
0: I'd like to uh, also commend um, – I, w- I would like to con- continue – Uh, uh, Bo Nix's continual ability to step up in the pocket Um, at the beginning of the game. That's, I think that's where it looks sloppy is Nix looked like he'd relapsed a little bit um, where he was trying to roll out and trying to make things happen with his legs. Granted, his offensive line was not doing much for him, but then he, in the second quarter and late in the first, he kind of got committed to stepping back up in the pocket and then good things happened. Um, And it's not that I'm not, I don't want to sound like an old head. That's like, Oh, we can only have pocket passers. I don't like dual threat quarterbacks. I love, threat quarterbacks they're so much fun to watch. they're way more fun to watch <laughs> than a pocket passer and, and i think you agree but i think Nick's is slowly we're seeing improvement over i don't have to use my legs until i have to use my legs is that, is that, was that right was yeah it was a weird statement but i think it makes sense right no it
1: does make sense because past several years and we saw it especially at florida in 2019 he would look for his first read if that first read was not open he would immediately scamper out of the pocket and just start running and running for his life, basically. Um, I do think the offensive line this year has some say into that, and they have improved a lot to protect him so he feels more comfortable and able to step up. And I think Mike Bobo and Brian Harson have worked on him tremendously. Absolutely. That, to help his confidence and to say, hey, if this guy's not open, look at, look right here, and he, if he's not open, go to the check down and the running back. Throw it to him It's before you – Start panicking and running out. And when you do run out of the pocket, run upfield. Don't run to the left or the right or backwards. Run up.
0: I think you're absolutely right. I think for the first time in a long time, we're seeing quarterback development at Auburn. Am I allowed to say that yet? Is it too soon?
1: No, it's not too soon. I I think with the offensive staff we have, uh, quarterback development is going to be very, very crucial.
0: I I would agree. we were discussing for the first time in a long time, so that would imply the Malzahn era. And other Auburn news before we go to commercials, so we're not really teasing anything and not leaving people hanging. Uh, former Auburn coach Gus Malzahn, head coach of the UCF Knights, now 2-0, two, correct? Yes, 2-0. 2-0, correct. Uh, is now the like spotlight of our time on ESPN+. I don't know if you've watched that yet. I've not. But it's like the college hard knocks, and it's better. Um, so... There's something to check out if you're an Auburn fan. See a different side of Gus Malzahn. It almost looks like he's gone into retirement, and it's really, really odd. But um, it's fun to watch. And um, so maybe, maybe that's the kickstart that he needs for QB development. We're talking QB development here on TNT in the morning. You're going to stay with us, I hope, after this, as the show develops. That was a bad pun. I'm sorry. We'll be right back here in two minutes after a couple words from a couple different outlets. And we'll see you right back here on Weagle 91.1. Welcome back to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined by my co-host, Thomas Lynn Murphy. And ladies and gentlemen, the wait's over. The time is here. Tomorrow's game day in Happy Valley at Beaver Stadium in State College, Pennsylvania. The number 22 Auburn Tigers are headed to take on the number 10 Penn State Nittany Lions. We're ready to talk, Auburn Penn State. It's going to be a wide out, Happy Valley. It's going to be a night game, primetime, ESPN, under the lights. Thomas Lynn, I am literally so excited just talking about it. Let's talk about it.
1: Oh, I've been waiting for this game for a long time. And I mean, for it to the wide out to be this weekend too, I mean, that just that puts it like the cherry on top for this game. It accentuates it. And, and, and Auburn fans,
0: Congratulations on your patience. I am very proud of you. I am, and Tom, i speak on behalf of me and my co-host. We're both very proud of you. You didn't look past game one. You probably did. You didn't look past game two. You probably did. <laughs> Auburn football didn't look past game one. Didn't look past game two. And now you're at the point that you mentioned it a couple shows ago. Or last show, excuse me, I'm sorry, TL. The game that you circle when you get your schedule at the beginning of the year. You're in the big time non conference. The stakes are way less high than they feel like they are, but they feel really high. And this feels like a game where Vegas thinks that Penn State is a five point favorite. As of right now, they opened at six and a half. So which means people in Vegas seem to think Auburn can win this game. That's right. This feels like a game where Penn State should win. This feels like a
1: game where Penn State doesn't. We'll see. I uh- I don't know. It's with uh, it's gonna come down to Bo Nix and how everybody plays in that environment. Brian Harsin said in his uh weekly press conference leading up to a game, he said that if you're not mentally prepared to hop on that bus, then we'll just find somebody else to go. So what a quote! I I I love Brian Harsin's mentality. Um, they they came out with a new uh episode on uh, Auburn's Twitter. Check it out. Um. And it, it was uh, him in the locker room before the Akron game pumping up the team. And, like, I was getting chills just watching it, like how he was getting them pumped <laughs> up and rowdy. because. And But for this game for Auburn, it's – in 2019 when we went on the road with freshman quarterback Bo Nix, he went and played his first game in AT&T Stadium in Dallas against Oregon. He played all right, but it was – the last drive of the game, the game winning drive in which we won. But then-
0: Are you saying that this game has Oregon vibes?
1: No, 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 no. I'm not no, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Well, no- it's, Oregon's neutral side. It's got, yeah, that was neutral side. It's got more of Florida vibes in which- Florida vibes. We went to, we, we just came off a win against Texas A&M on the road. And then Bo Nix plays probably one of the worst games. And then Israel. Bo Nix travels to- The swamp. To the swamp, which we're gonna talk about it later. We have it on the rundown about the most hostile environments Auburn has played at compared you know, to Penn State, but yeah, we played there, did not play well. But this has those type of vibes to it, and Bo Nix has played at Baton Rouge,
0: so when 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 LSU was good, oh, in 2019, and, and we should have honestly probably won, have won that, that game.
1: game. We sh- we should have it, We were were within one score basically the entirety of that game, but it's just going to come down to how that environment plays out for Auburn. Um, I, I've been watching a. Hype videos and videos of uh, w- <laughs> when they played uh, Michigan back in 2019. Right, in the The, big the house. last time that they've had – or, yeah, 2019, the last time that they had a whiteout. And it was absolutely, absolutely cra- uh, crazy. Oh, was, yeah. And I'm sure you saw it. They uh, they started off the game just blaring Mo Bamba as, yeah, was... as Michigan um, entered the field for their first play of the game and had to take a timeout because they couldn't hear. So we'll, we'll see how the team does to that.
0: Well, Penn State's known. For its rowdy wideouts, and we're going to talk about some big environments that Auburn's played in. But before we get into this environment, I think we need to to dive into everybody's favorite part of the show. Everybody's favorite (laughs) weekly installment with everybody's least favorite (laughs) (laughs) co-host. It's time to get to know the foe. Yes, it's time to get get to know the foe with Thomas Lynn Murphy. That's right. Thomas Lynn, tell me about Penn State.
1: So, just like Auburn, I think Auburn um, on game day Saturdays becomes the fifth largest city in the state of Alabama. So Third. Third. Third largest. Look I think that. so. I think there's some weird stat behind that. Well, Third or fourth, probably Montgomery, Huntsville, and Birmingham. Yes. Yeah, I, I, would, I would think something like that. So, top five at least. Well, same thing for uh, State College in Happy Valley is they become the third largest city in Pennsylvania on game day Saturdays. That's because people don't live in Pennsylvania. Well. True. I guess Philadelphia. Oh, you got Philadelphia. You got Pittsburgh. And yeah, the, people don't live in. Conspiracy theory, people don't live in Pennsylvania.
0: <laughs> I have family in Pennsylvania. I shouldn't say that. I hope they're not listening.
1: <laughs> well, you, you know, I hope there's not so that they don't show up for the game. It'll, it'll be basically a home game They're for Pitt us. fans. It's okay. We'll see. Um, another interesting fact. So, Ben Cohen and Jerry Greenfield took a course on ice cream making at Penn State. Do you know who that ended up being, those two guys?
0: Little company by the name of uh, I'm gonna guess Ben and Jerry's. Some of the
1: best ice cream out there. <laughs> so, Penn State's actually somewhat known for uh, their ice cream making in school, and, and they say it is against the rules to mix flavors. Against the rule? It, it, it's an that- unwritten rule, but you cannot mix ice cream fa- uh, flavors. What What is wrong with you? Do these people not like fun? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, whenever I go and get ice cream, like I get each kind, like two of something.
0: Oh, we know you like some ice cream. We know. Oh, I do. Yeah, we
1: know. <laughs> you can tell, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's outrageous, actually. I think that that's unconstitutional to say that you can't have more than one flavor of ice cream. Because every time I go, I want cookie dough and Oreo.
1: Exactly. Which I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if they're talking about just toppings. Because, I mean, every one time. One topping. I'm, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Imagine. Every time, you got to at least get two toppings. If I'm, I'm going to pay $5 for a cone of ice cream, I want everything. Like, yeah, it. you got to get cookie dough, Oreo. Always get cookie dough something. Dude, yeah. But
0: Oreos just make ice cream
1: better. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, okay. But, Sorry, getting back. We got off topic there for a second.
0: But tweet at us at TNT in the, in the AM if you think that it's ridiculous that you can't have more than one flavor of ice cream in your ice cream cone or cup. And tweet at us again what your favorite toppings and what your favorite ice cream is. I'm yeah. interested. I want to know what our viewers like.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really hot take by Penn State on that one.
0: You know what? You give us a good ice cream flavor, we might feature it. I think we could say that later.
1: If you give us an interesting one, too, we might yeah. do a taste With test. it's
0: pistachio, I'm just going to call you out. <laughs> but <laughs> go on. Go on, T. All your right, so,
1: so the next interesting fact we have, and I actually did not know this, but Beaver Stadium is the fourth largest stadium in the world, not just the country, in the world. Which is I, pretty crazy for a college stadium.
0: That sounds like it's big.
1: Little, little bit. So, hopefully, the Auburn Tigers are ready to play in that in that stadium. But we'll that's see. um, yeah, that's interesting. And you you just
0: uh, I I like to read the next one because I didn't know this. I literally <laughs> learned this about fifteen seconds ago because, like I said, I tasked TL with writing the rundown today. I took a look at it, so I guess fifteen minutes ago would be the right way to find <laughs> this. But
1: Penn State's original colors were pink and black. They were. What? Uh, I, that's crazy. I mean, I, I can't even Why picture did they like a pink and black school out there. Why did they change? That's awesome. I don't know, but I think like pink and black, their name should be the like the Penn State Pink Panthers. Dun-dun. 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 <laughs> dun-dun, dun-dun, dun-dun. Could you imagine that being their uh, walkout song? That would be electric. It would be electric. Dude, what? You've
0: heard of Inner Sandman, but have you heard of the Pink Panther?
1: <laughs> I honestly think we've uh, came up with our new college team. Yes. I think that's something we got to do.
0: I'm down. No, all we need to do is get a land grant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the original
1: mascot was named Old Coley that helped with construction. <laughs> what? It was a it was a mule named Old Coley. Yeah, you're reading that right, Old Coley. Okay. That, that helped out with like construction around the campus, like the football stadium, stuff like that. Okay. I mean, I don't hate it. It was just weird, you so, know. So I guess Penn State was they were pink and black, and it was the Penn State Mules. So, okay. Something along that line. Okay, Which is kind of b- bizarre. Yeah, but they missed
0: a really good opportunity, like you said, Pink Panthers.
1: Yeah, but also they they claim to be the first school to have a lion as a mascot.
0: Do we have any fact check on that? Any Any disputes?
1: Uh, I, I don't see. I know any a lot disputes. of tigers. Don't know a lot of lions. It was back know? in I, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 1906. So. But I'm a,
0: I'm a little sus on that because then if they were the first ones to have the lion, why would they not? Why would they add Nittany? What does Netanyahu mean, do you know?
1: I don't know what Nittany means. You know what? We'll
0: find that out. We'll tell them at the top of the next segment. We'll find out what that means. Before we do that, before we go to commercial, because we've got a few minutes here to hang out and chat a little bit more about Penn State. So Penn State students um, took to Twitter um, this week, which is, by the way, um, what I'm about to say is incredib- the, the incredible feat that is social media and how good it is for making games even bigger than they have to be. No. J- as big as they should be. I'm going to go with that. You like that, TL?
1: I was not listening because I actually found out what <laughs> Nittany means. What does it mean? So, the reference to Nittany is referencing the local Mount Nittany, which overlooks the oh, university. So that's pretty cool, actually. So, I yeah, guess that's it's like cool. a mountain lion. Yeah. So that, that's cool. That's where Nittany comes from. I like that, actually. That's neat. Yeah.
0: Um, so, like, like I was, I, I'm going I'm to backtrack for a second, TL, and catch you up to speed. I was talking about how wonderful social media is for making games big. Um, And and regardless of uh, Auburn students, I know you're listening out here and this probably made you mad. And it should because this should be a game where we have an opportunity to uh, Auburn fans have an opportunity to like really clash with a school that they don't get to clash with often. And Penn State students were calling out Auburn, saying that Auburn's never experienced an environment quite like the whiteout. And I will say there is a unique element to playing at Beaver Stadium. But as we mentioned earlier, um, and, you know, you mentioned how big Beaver Stadium is. There are other places that I think may be more challenging uh, for an away team that Auburn may play in routinely. Off the top of my head, uh, on, a, on, a, on a yearly basis, Kyle Field, or I guess semi, semi-yearly, every other year, bi-yearly, that's the word, um, bi-yearly basis, uh, Kyle Field, every now and again they'll play at Florida, Bryant-Denny's a tough place to play, Baton Rouge, Tiger Stadium, Death Valley, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think those are all places to keep in mind that this team is uh, led by Bo Nix, and a lot of people are speculating whether or not he's going to be able to handle it. He handled Kyle Field fine as a freshman.
1: He did. Um, one thing to go along the fans of Penn State is I think just about every student at Auburn has experienced a wide out because we, we had them at pep rallies in high school. And also, I don't think that they've ever experienced a – fan base, traveling as much as Auburn fans are traveling this week. I don't know if
0: we'll get that far. Ohio State fans travel very, very well.
1: They they do. I will say, every class I've been in, which is now that I'm a junior, classes are strictly for my major, so there's like less than 20 people in every class. There's at least been like two or three people every single class that are traveling with several other people. Every teacher I know says like they have several friends that are going. I saw a tweet earlier that said Birmingham Airport is packed with fans traveling to Pennsylvania. so That's cool. That's I'll, good. I'll update Twitter later and see what the airport looks like in Atlanta heading to Philadelphia. You absolutely should. You know what? Tweet it from the TNT page. We'll do.
0: Is that cool? We will. I think our fans would love to see that. And if there's anything else you want to see while well, TL's up in behind enemy lines, that's how I'm going to say it. That sounds way cooler. <laughs> you know, behind enemy lines. Tweet at us at TNT in the AM. That's at TNT in the AM. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about difficult environments. List our top five that Auburn's played in. But until then, we're going to step away for a two-minute commercial break. Stay locked in right here on Weagle 91.1 FM and TNT. Come back. Welcome back. You're listening to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Your probably top five favorite uh, TNT in the morning podcast is about to talk about... (laughs) Sorry, I had to do do that little cringy (laughs) line. Uh, The top five hardest stadiums to play in if you're an Auburn fan... And we're now joined by someone whose name I butchered so badly the first week on um, on set. Dylan, can you uh, can you just uh, accept my apology? Can you forgive me?
2: Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not the first person to mispronounce my name, and you will not be the last.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much for that. Um, actually, I don't know if they could hear you, Dylan. I think I may have actually had you muted, but it's okay. They, Dylan, accept my apology, folks. I think I can hear you, Dylan. Can you say hi to me real quick? What up? There you go. Sorry, Dylan. I apologize. <laughs> That's my fault. I'm still new to all this thing. I'm still trying to learn. But let's get into it, T.L. Let's do it. Top five hardest places Auburn's had to play that you think may be more electric.
1: Five's a lot
0: than Penn State.
1: I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm I mean, we also can't compare Penn State just yet because we have not experienced that environment. So, correct. We can also update our top five next week or so, and just sure. see just see how the, the environment compares. Sure.
0: Um, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and chirp out. Like I said, like I teased before, the the swamp, Kyle Field. I guess I'm going to throw in Death Valley. Yeah, definitely throw in Death Valley, and Bryant Denny. But past that, I mean, five's tough. And I mean, Auburn's played at Death Valley and Clemson. Right. I don't. I don't put Sanford Stadium on that level, uh, Dylan. What do you think?
2: I can agree with that. Uh, I didn't realize it was just Auburn related because I was going like Wisconsin because the whole jump around thing. Virginia, no, I'm listening. We're listening. Yeah, go Virginia ahead. Virginia Tech with Enter Sandman, and of course, Penn State, which is the loudest stadium in college football. Of, of course, is it
0: louder than UW? Like, is, has it been recorded louder than UW?
2: I think it is because the way Penn State's uh, stadium is built, it entraps sound. Like, it goes vertical whenever it's building up. It's not like outward
0: like the okay. stadiums are. Okay, I got you.
1: I'm with you. TL. Um. So, my my take on that is, uh, I I ha- actually have a professor that used to work up at Illinois, and he has been basically to all the Big Ten schools and stuff. Ah,
0: uh, yes, the one and only Andrew Young.
1: Andy Young, my man. So um, shout out Andrew Young, great guy. Oh, for sure. Well, my, probably my favorite professor. Same. But uh, he actually mentioned this, and I I did not know this, but at Wisconsin for the jump around, he said students will not get there until after halftime just to do the jump around and then leave. Like, the the stands will actually be, like, half full, like the student section, until they do the jump around. So I thought that was kind of interesting. My dad actually lived in Pennsylvania for a long time, and he said that, like, the the college football atmosphere is, like, nowhere near the same as, like, SEC because they care more about professional sports than they do college. That's a cultural thing. But uh, back to the top five, um... My fifth is going to be kind of like a little hot take, but I'm going with Hell uh, State and Mississippi State because in of the those, past? Be, uh, because of those cowbells, man. I, I I'd agree with. It's that. one of those unique things, and when they, especially when uh, Mississippi State has a good team, and they have in like past several years, not recently, but when they get those uh, cowbells going, it's so hard to hear and play in. Like you can't even think straight. I, it's hard I, to watch on TV.
0: I would agree that it's it, it's a tough place to play. I don't think I I would put it. State level especially because I don't know how relevant it is to this team right now um, None of this team nobody on this team has had to travel to a Penn State team where they've packed out and it's been that good well, no, so and and granted uh, that that negates my claim as Clemson,
1: um, but Still eh, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um number four. I'm gonna go with Sanford Stadium in Georgia Okay, because I mean last year we had a night game there and of course a night game in Georgia is always a hostile environment
0: well, for Auburn going to UG going to Athens is never never a, a fun trip most of the time. We
1: haven't won there in what over twenty years now. No, that's LSU. Auburn uh, won
0: in uh, Athens in two thousand four. Dylan, yes,
2: I believe so. Two thousand four,
0: two thousand six, one of the two. So almost twenty years. But uh, number don't, thir- don't stress out it too hard, Dylan. It's okay. Uh,
1: number three, I'm gonna go with Caulfield. Texas yep. A&M. The twelfth man. That place is rowdy. It, it's is it the biggest stadium in the SEC? Uh, it probably no. Is. I don't, I don't, is it is it bigger than Bryant Denny?
2: I think it's bigger than Bryant. Bigger Denny's. than Bryant.
1: I was going to yes, say after they had their additions added on. That's
0: right. The additions that that trips me up every time. I'm I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forget that they added more seating, which is funny because I think they also made some of the seats smaller.
1: And, and going <laughs> along with that, Alabama's adding on to their stadium but taking away seats. So that makes sense. That's, that's kind of interesting.
0: That makes that that actually
1: makes sense. Um, oh, more, more club seating, right? Uh, they're getting no, they're, I think they're adding like a big Jumbotron or something. Doing something.
2: Of course they are. Of course they're adding a bigger Jumbotron. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I was about to
1: say, I think they're adding one that's bigger than Auburn's like a little bit. We'll and see. By one inch. Losing on seats each
2: doesn't one. really hurt Brian Denny because it's not like people stay there the entire game. No, they anyways. don't.
0: I mean, There's no the, reason for to, them to. To anyone. the credit
1: of Nick Saban and his program, they don't have to. They do not. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, number two and number one, I'm going to go probably with a tie on this one. Okay, so what? 1A, 1B? One A one B is Florida and LSU. I went to the Auburn Florida game in 2019, and that place is rowdy. I don't. I understand why Bo Nix played as rough as as rough as he did. It was it was insane. Like some of the stuff that they did. Like I knew it was gonna be hostile, and everything. But when Auburn's running out, right before they run out, they they start a a clap of like the Gator clap. Gator bait. It, gator bait. Yeah. Yep. But to go do. Along with that, they do it and they start off slow and yep. then it gets faster and faster and faster and then Auburn takes the field. It it was so scary and it was a day game. And <laughs> it was scary. I can't <laughs> imagine playing there at night. That's the thing that makes Death Valley so unique is playing there at nighttime. So I uh, we'll see with Auburn taking on Penn State this weekend, it is a night game. It is the wide out. So who knows? The environment is gonna is gonna play a role, uh, but I think Auburn, uh, good approach, and this is this kinda blew up on
0: Twitter. Uh, people were admiring it and praising Brian Harson. And I'm not taking away from Brian Harson whatsoever. Um but Auburn practicing at 120 decibels um as reported by Holly Rowe is cool. Um and you know it's it's a reason for fans to get fired up, but this is not a new thing that teams just started doing. Let's not overreact to that. Um do you agree with me when I say that, Dylan?
2: Yeah. I, I agree completely.
0: <laughs> I um I, I think it's a good thing. You should always prepare. Um but I don't think that's as important as focusing on what this game really means um, in terms of long-term effects. Um, and I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you guys. I, I projected Auburn to go, I've said this on the show before, projected Auburn preseason to go 6-6 six and six this year. I still maintain that that is a very real world, that that that, that happens. Um, I think that that it, it could head in that direction. This game could be the deciding factor that proves me wrong and they go 7-5 <laughs> or 8-4. and four. But this is a big game for Brian Harson, and I'm, and I'm curious to pick – TL, I don't mean to skip out on you here, but I'm, I'm gonna I want to pick Dylan's brain because I get to pick your brain every week. You do, Dylan. I want to pick pick your brain. What does this game mean for Brian Harson specifically?
2: There was a I forgot when it came out, but there someone said whoever wins this Auburn Penn State game, they control their own destiny for the rest of the year. Whoever wins this game controls what they are able to do for the rest of the year. If Penn State loses, they don't have a shot at the Big Ten. But if they win. They kind of move up in that spot where Ohio State was now and you know, Iowa is now up there now. Auburn can now move from projected like fifth in the SEC West or sixth in the SEC West. They could make a push for that second spot if they win this game because that moves a- – A&M right now looks very vulnerable. I like using that word. I use it a lot on my podcast. They look vulnerable without Haynes King. They're going to lose him for five weeks. Uh, Arkansas looks good. I feel like if Auburn – Arkansas, able to- looks, really Arkansas looks really good. Arkansas looks really good. If Auburn beats Penn State, I think that puts them above Arkansas for me. And, of course, you know, there's the Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss – I'll probably talk about this a little later when we do our predictions. But I, I'm i a little lower on Ole Miss than most people are. I don't think okay. they kind of earned that spot yet. But I think if Auburn beats Penn State, it's going to show that Brian Harson is a as good as a coach as us Auburn fans that know him very well think he is. And it's going to prove all those haters wrong. And just, like, if Auburn wins this game, that's going to immediately move them up from – like twenty second to, we're gonna be like top twelve if we win this game, so I I think it's gonna be a good look for Auburn to win this game because it it make us a team of destiny, right? Like Auburn always chooses to be. Right, right. Yeah. I, no,
1: I I like that take. Um, I do think this game means a lot to Braun Harson, but more in the aspect aspect of uh, can you win on the road? And I think. His i think a bigger game for brian harson in his first season at Auburn is going to be winning at l s u this year just because l s u is struggling this year and we have not won there since before i was born and if he can win at l s u this year that will that will submit him being a great auburn head coach and but get a uh, penn state here um if he can If he can win this game, it will it will boost those players' confidence out the roof. And then that's all college football is about: is you've got to stay pedal to the metal. You can't lose that confidence. You got to you got to just keep going through. And after Penn State, we get another another little cupcake game in Georgia State. But then it's it's SEC play time, and the SEC honestly is looking pretty tough this year. Other than as loaded as ever, it is. I mean, because of the low teams of Ole Miss and Arkansas, and both of those. Or Ole Miss is at home, but Arkansas is on the road. So we'll, we'll see there, but this, this game does mean a lot for, for uh, Brian Harsin. So Actually, I, I, I don't want to cap off. I don't want to really
0: reiterate because I, 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 I echo what both of you guys just said. I think that uh, when I, said, I looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, I was thinking to myself, hey, if I'm Brian Harson, I schedule two games. I, I, not schedule, excuse me, circle two games on the schedule. You circle Penn State. And you circle LSU. A lot of people are going to give me some, fi- some heat for that for not saying circle Bama and circle Georgia. I think Penn State, really big proving point. LSU, you win in Baton Rouge, you're buying your ticket for several more years, and you're getting people on board. Yep. So I think that's important. I think that we touched on this earlier. We're going to slide over to the physical game, what, what needs to happen here. Bo Nix has got to play well. Um, and Actually, I'm going to call an audible on the schedule real quick here, at TL, um, and I'm just going to have everyone go around um, and say what what one thing that needs to happen. It can be specific player, sp- specific skill group. I'm gonna go ahead and go with Bo Nix. Needs to stay poised in the pocket. He needs to step up. He needs to only use his
1: legs, like I mentioned earlier, when he has to.
0: Let the run game open up the pass game. TL.
1: I'm gonna go with. I don't think this game is as important for Bo Nix as it was in 2019. I think this game is gonna be more important for the run game. Getting uh, Penn State ranks 58th in run defense. So solidifying. Uh, Tank Bigsby and Jarquest Hunter is very important to the game, as well as special teams, having great field position and putting Penn State in not as well a uh, good field position for the game. Dylan?
2: Uh, I have a few. I think this is a big game for Auburn's secondary as a whole. Uh, Jahan Dotson is one of the most underrated receivers in college football. He is top, at least top, like, ten, uh, arguably top five. Talk to, I mean,
0: to him. Make your position predi- predictions. Go.
2: Uh Auburn's wide receiving core is our weakest point of our offense, outside of offensive line, really. Penn State's secondary is really good. I think this past game is going to get very smothered by Penn State, and I think the run game is going to be the big point. I think Jarquez Hunter and Tank have the best game of their lives, for Auburn to win this game.
0: So as a little recap, Bo Nix needs to step up in the pocket. Jarquez Hunter and Tank makes me need to take care of business. The Auburn defense needs to show up, and the special teams need to play their best. So in other words – Auburn needs to play a good football game on Saturday. All around. <laughs> All around, <laughs> if they're going to beat the Nittany-, Nittany Lions. I love the breakdown. Dylan Lark here with us on Weagle 91.1 FM, TNT in the morning. We'll see you guys right back here in two minutes after a short Welcome back. Welcome back. TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined by my co-host, Thomas Lynn Murphy, and our good friend, Dylan Lark. I said your last name correctly this time, buddy. I'm doing it paying attention (laughs) thank you for joining us dylan hope you're having fun we're having fun having you here let's uh let's talk a little bit around the sec now we've moved over from auburn and we've kind of exhausted i would not exhausted that that's a huge game this week auburn the city of auburn is electric right now so definitely looking forward to that ball game tomorrow night i have big plans my girlfriend and i are going to order a pizza and watch it and (laughs) i know i sound so lame but i can't wait um so right now Thomas Lynn Murphy and I have been going back and forth on our SEC project projections. We're going to get into those in a little bit, um, and I'm trying to pull up the records right now. I believe I am 22 and four, and Thomas Lynn is a slightly more. I'm going to use the word inferior. 21 and five. Um, here's when Dylan comes in and fact checks me and reminds me that I'm seven and eight on his podcast. The Benchwarmers tell us about it a little bit real quick.
2: Uh, the Benchwarmers podcast is on Spotify. There's a lot of Benchwarmers podcasts on Spotify. So what you can do is you go to my Instagram at the warmers Pod, Pod spelled P-0-D. It's a little podcast me and my uh, roommate, Bark, do, where we just talk all sports news, or all football news, college football-centric, though. And we just have a lot of fun with it. That's about it.
0: Good. Like to have a lot of fun. We have fun here on TNT in the morning. You'll have to tell us which one's more fun. I think you might be biased, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am so inclined to call in the Hogs on live radio in Auburn, Alabama right now. But I won't because I know that's probably not what our viewers and listeners want to hear. But I will say, "Whoopig, Pig, what a win for Sam Pittman and the Arkansas program this past weekend. For those of you who are just now joining us, we're moving over from Auburn Athletics to around the SEC. We're going to take a little trip, like as advertised, at the beginning of the show. And I think that we, we, we talked a couple weeks ago to TL that we had to talk about Arkansas. Is this team ahead of schedule, or was this just a, a really good win against a vulnerable, vulnerable opponent? I think they're ahead of schedule.
1: I think they're ahead of schedule, too. And I think there's a good chance, if Sam Pittman keeps uh, leading the team the way he is and they keep progressing, that you could see a uh, Arkansas team back to the level that they were in 2010 under Ron Mallett. So, Mallett. So we'll see about that. Thoughts, Dylan?
2: Uh, I think this is a good win over a vulnerable team. I think they're way ahead of schedule. I'm I like K.J. Jefferson. I'm very high on him, but I think he's he's playing okay. Mm-hmm. I think this Arkansas defense is the big key here. They're playing above their ceiling, right? Yeah, playing way above it, I feel like. But K.J. Jefferson only has like 200 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. There are two picks, I think. They're not entrusting him a lot with this offense. This offense is Keely on Traylon Smith. Uh, I think that I was expecting Arkansas to be this good like next year. But I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening whenever they play, like, the SEC schedule. I don't think they're going to be as good as we think they are right now. But next year, though, I think Arkansas will be making big moves up in, like, top three in the West.
0: Question for both of you. I'm going I'm, uh, I'm, I'm to go ahead and give my opinion. Uh, and you guys can just comment on this or not. That's fine. Just leave me to awkwardly <laughs> ramble. But <laughs> I think that to your point about KJ Jefferson, uh, Dylan, and you make a great point. Uh, he's not putting up outstanding numbers right now. But I don't think he needs to. I agree. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't think like like you mentioned. It's not a pass-heavy offense. Um, it's not relying on him to pass the ball well. They're relying on him to get, run the read option well, um, which is awesome. I love the read option. It's the best play in NCAA fourteen. But <laughs> no, but they're not really relying on him to throw the ball. I think he just has to do enough. I think that Arkansas walks away from this year and I haven't taken a peek at their schedule in a couple of days and that's um, admittedly my I'm fault. I'm looking
1: at it right now and it is rough. We're yeah. looking at I, I imagine the entire SEC West. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we got so they got Georgia Southern this week then they then here here's their schedule so they going They start forward. off
0: theoretically 4 no, right?
1: Yeah, uh 3-0. 3-0? 3-0? Yeah. Wait, right, no. no, I'm talking about after this week, theoretically.
0: 3-0. Oh, so they've only played two games?
1: Yeah. Oh, I this guess is week we're, three I they're week, only week 3. <laughs> I keep thinking week 0 was week 1 but I'm then sorry. listen to this. We got home against A&M. Okay. Two thirty kickoff. So, that could be th- Tom, CBS. That, that could be CBS. Arkansas win. We that get very much could be. It could be. We got at Georgia. We got at Ole Miss. We uh, got okay. home against Auburn. And then later on in the year, we got at LSU. At Alabama. Okay. That's no. That's rough. N- but hear me out. That's that schedule. While it, uh, I mean, it stinks. If you're an Arkansas fan,
0: you're going y- The chances of making a bowl game are very high this year. Very, very feasible. Probably the highest has been
1: in a long while. Yeah,
0: no kidding. <laughs> long while. But making a bowl game in Pittman's second year is – well, I mean, they made it in the first year, but in COVID year it doesn't matter. Making a true earned bowl game in Pittman's second year, that's a success, right? Especially with that slate yeah. of a schedule.
2: Uh, they also have another FCS opponent, so they're going to have four easy wins. They just had to win two games in the SEC schedule.
0: Which that feels like they've got the SEC West, so they got to play Mississippi State, and they've got to play LSU, who's really bad this year. And they year. play Missouri. And they play. Oh, they play Missouri.
2: Yeah, that's a rivalry game. They could win seven games. They could. They could easily win seven games, but Missouri is also kind of good. They have a very good quarterback. In Sneaky Connor good. Connerizer has the best poise of any quarterback. That
0: Missouri Arkansas game last year was one of the greatest college football. Oh, games it was so beautiful in a long time. That's that's off. That's off topic. You're not really. We're talking about Arkansas still, but. I did want to talk a little bit about the Hogs because, I mean, the state of that program, um, I'm going to rate it on a scale from one to 10. Does this this sound fair? On a scale from one being abysmal, where it was when Chad Morris was there, Um, 10 being, you know, national, not national title contenders, but on the road to being a really year in, year out perennial contender. I want to put him at an eight and a half. I was going to go to seven.
1: Six or seven, I'd
2: say. I'd go like a six and a half. Six and a half? I'm
1: not. Maybe am I just that high on Sam Pittman? Is that it?
2: You're very high on Sam Pittman.
1: Right now, uh, I think for me, it's more so just the grueling schedule that they have to go through year in, year out, and what it takes for them to get to that point is just it's it's like Auburn schedule. I mean, we have to play Auburn, Alabama every year, so it's just as bad over there. It's it's tough.
0: That's fair. Um. Shoot, I did not even look at the clock. I am so sorry. No behind us for fun. Yeah, you're right. We can go to twelve. Yeah, we can go to we can go to twelve. Uh that that's cool. I did not even look. I just got <laughs> caught up in the hogs and I love talking in Arkansas more than the average human. Um AM, we mentioned earlier, Dylan. Um just give us a brief synopsis of how much trouble is AM in.
2: AM is in a little bit of trouble. Haynes King was their, clearly their best quarterback on the roster. Now he's gone for five weeks. They were gonna have to play New Mexico, who has Terry touchdown Wilson. Everyone might know him from Kentucky. <laughs> He's playing out of his mind right now. 48 of 65, 560 yards, and six touchdowns in two games. Is that good? That is tremendous. <laughs> Even though he's not playing hard opponents, this AM defense is amazing. Zach Calzada, the new quarterback who's going to be there for five weeks against some SEC opponents, which might lose those games. 18 of 38, 183 yards, a touchdown. He also had a fumble in a 10 to. Three win over Colorado.
0: Ugly, I, ugly, ugly win. win. Ugly win.
2: This is not a sit number seven team.
0: I would, I would, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I don't. I'm not sure if they're a top fifteen team right now. Not without Haynes King. No. And I know you mentioned earlier, Dylan, that you're not high on Ole Miss. Um, and and TL, you're high on Ole Miss, right?
1: Uh, yes. Reasonably on the off- high on the offensive a- uh, yeah, spot of the okay. ball. Um, defense, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to go up against, like say, Auburn or Alabama or Georgia. Like, just, I have no idea if they can put up the amount of points Ole Miss can and how Ole Miss's offense is against an SEC-level defense. So. Well, I want to talk Ole Miss, but I, I don't want
0: to do it this week. Can we push it next week? Is that okay? Yeah. Can we assess the state of Ole Miss next week? No. Yeah. I do want to talk quickly, and we've only got a couple minutes to do this, and I'm sorry. Honestly, I'm just going to ask this. Um, is Josh uh, – and you guys can both answer at the same time. I think it would be even funnier. Is Josh
1: Heupel the right coach at Tennessee? Absolutely not, no.
2: I like him as an offensive coordinator. He's not a head coach, in my opinion.
1: They took a step backwards with that hire. In my, opinion. I couldn't believe they
0: took a step backwards, but they did. This team is abysmal. This team is bad. I have a hot
1: take. They
2: also lost a lot of players. too. This team is
0: bad.
1: Um, Butch Jones, I don't think was as bad as a coach at Tennessee as everybody says he was.
0: That could, that take is on fire.
1: It's, I mean, I can was, feel the heat. That was the last time that they it. actually somewhat contended. Like, do you consider contending eight wins for Tennessee right now? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, they would at least be probably one upset, big game a season, which for right now, every Tennessee fan in the world would take with no questions asked. Right. So, that's fair. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. eight, eight wins at a
0: program that prides itself on being what should be a perennial powerhouse, and they are the worst about this is the year every year. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to call people out, but like that fan base is delusional.
2: Oh, I've I've experienced them firsthand. <laughs> I'm sure you have. They, they are that. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: I'm sure you have. Um, and I, I hate that we're on a time crunch, man. We really gotta get to the two hour block. Nah, two hours. We gotta, gotta get to the it two at some block. point. We'll get there. Hopefully. Thank you guys for riding along with us. But let's slide over, and watch me dominate Thomas Lynn Murphy another week in uh, SEC projections, and then go watch Dylan embarrass both of us and go undefeated. That work. No, that works. Okay. We got to go kind of quick. Um, we are at the bottom of the hour. Just, skip so.
2: the, just pick the SEC games for SEC teams for the FCS teams. You can move on from Chattanooga and all them.
1: Yeah, but I'm taking New Mexico to beat it at AM. are so. no, not FCS. <laughs> I
2: was okay.
1: going to say, who's Vanderbilt playing because I I'm might not, I'm not be taking the FCS. That is right? the IQ
2: Bowl. Stanford. The, the IQ Bowl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. AM, uh, New Mexico. I'm assuming everybody's taking AM. AM. Yep. yep. Kentucky over Chattanooga, correct? Big. Big. Kentucky. Yeah, we're all in agreement there. Missouri over Southeast Missouri State. That is very. Very, okay, making sure everybody's on the same page there. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee Tech. I honestly almost want to take Tennessee Tech. I'm going <laughs> to take the falls, but I, t- I don't feel good about anything. That's one of those, Tennessee. like, Vanderbilt-type games. You so, uh, don't want to, but you kind of got to. I hate it. Florida-Bama. I think this could be a really, really fun one. Let's push out to the bottom. Let's push it to the bottom. Yeah, we'll, push that we'll come back. back. That worked? Um, Georgia-Southern Arkansas. I mean, whoopig Pig. Hogs. Whoopig Suey. Hogs big. Mississippi State-Memphis. Memphis.
2: Fun game, Mississippi State.
0: Mississippi State on some crazy last minute. Whoever has the ball last. Mississippi no
1: State played very well last week, but I still got Memphis winning this one. That's fair.
0: Uh, South Carolina at Georgia. Um, South Carolina talking a lot of smack. Give me, the, give me the dogs. Give me the dogs big.
2: I'll take the dogs, but they are down to their third-string quarterback, I believe. Stetson Bennett. This is gonna be a, Stetson Bennett is injured. Is right he now. actually injured?
1: Yeah, this can be a fun game just because uh I was listening to Paul Feinbaum's show earlier this week and every South Carolina fan was calling in saying that they're gonna beat the dogs and there's absolutely no way that they're going to, so I got the dogs big.
0: LSU Central Michigan, the game that if LSU loses Ed Orgeron's fired on Sunday, I'm still taking the Tigers.
1: Yep. 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 Go
2: Tigers. Everybody? Okay.
0: Ole Miss Tulane. Love this game. Can't wait. Give me the rebs.
2: This is gonna be the game that we wanted Louisville Ole Miss to be. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh I got I got Ole Miss obviously Ole Miss. this game.
0: Vanderbilt, Stanford, the IQ bowl, as you said, uh give me Stanford.
1: Stanford big. Yeah, I'm going to Stanford with a big win margin on this one.
0: And then we're going to go to Alabama Florida. Florida's got a lot going on this year. They're a good team. Give me the give me Bama by
1: 20.
2: I'll take Bama, but Florida could be sneaky with Anthony Richardson if they get him in early.
1: Yeah, I've got a lot of uh my friends down in Gainesville for this game and uh With their quarterback situation at Florida, they have a lot of unknowns. I don't think their defense can withstand Alabama's powerful offense. I'm going with Bama by about (laughs) 30-plus. That's fair. Last game,
0: Uh, and I'm sorry we're having to run through these today, guys, but we got to score projections for Auburn versus Penn
1: State. Go ahead and give it to me, Dylan.
2: I said it before, defensive battle. I got Auburn by four.
1: I'm going to go 24-20 Penn State. The only reason I'm going Penn State is because, well, if Auburn – Lose this, well, at least I got my projection right. If Auburn wins, then I get to celebrate and Auburn win. I'm going to end it.
0: We're going to run over
1: just by about 10
0: seconds. I apologize deeply to our station manager, Grayson. We will get out of the studio, but I'm going to take Penn State to beat Auburn 24-17. You've been listening to TNT in the morning. Thank you guys so much for t- tuning in right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. On behalf of myself, my co-host Thomas Lynn Murphy, and our good friend Dylan Lark, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week.
1: On behalf of myself and my co-host, Harrison Tarr, thanks for listening to TNT in the Mornings on Weagle, 911
0: FM. Make sure to catch us next week and follow us on Twitter at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. That's at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. And check out more content from the station at W-E-G-L underscore A-U.